Hello, Great Minds. It's Tuesday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds and History and the Season 3 Battle Royale. So welcome to the show, everyone. As always, I am your host, Mr. DGMH, otherwise known as Zach DeBacco. And today we are taking one more step closer toward the edge as we finally close this fucking season of a shit show. Uh, my, I guess, season is horrible, or whatever the queen called it on The Crown recently, uh, which I, I actually think ended up being a pretty fun season, at least content-wise. Of course, I can't do the Battle Royale alone. So, oh, I, I think you could actually. <laughs> if you give, I think you could. That'd be a hell of a debate. I mean, the battle royale is supposed to be like round of shots. Well, either way, I invited a few uh, members uh, of our DGMH family, uh, and somehow I thought, I guess, it's uh, funny, I, I scripted this out a little bit this morning. I said I managed somehow to get the whole crew together for this episode to discuss the great minds of season three. That didn't happen. Uh, so season who do three. I have? Season three, somebody had to go. Uh, so who do I have with me tonight? Up first, it's our uh, the first lady of shots, old three-finger jack herself, Kelly Rizell. How are you, Kelly? I'm fabulous. How are you, Jack? Fa- fantastic. You know, a lot of great commentary on the Facebook page regarding your Carter episode. Uh, God. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> uh, wow. Yes. Um, well, it was, the- it, was a bold, it was a bold move. I think she knew that going into yeah. it. Yeah, Carter's still got a lot of people who are alive that, you know, had his had I'm sure have his worshippers, and he clearly has. Yes, Colin, yeah, Colin and me, Colin yeah. and me. Yeah. So, um, but Kelly Rizal's here. Uh, Kelly, Hello. anything new? <laughs> yes. Well, I know you do, and that's okay. <laughs> I, I I've become. I will say one thing though is I became way more intrigued. I, I want to learn more about the Carter years. Uh, that whole phase in American history is so rushed for the classroom. Absolutely. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, we are joined by my high school history teacher, the poet of Aragon, Cullen Farrell. How are you doing tonight, Cullen? Good, good. Uh, I'm not ready for Christmas. Uh, how many shopping days are we down to now? Uh, what, 18, 17? I, this is a history podcast. My yeah, math, we don't, we're yeah. not math teachers, Terrible. Cullen. Yeah, that's um, true. We're not, this is not my I, forte I, either. But I, I know I'll procrastinate, 18? and I have no good reason to procrastinate. But uh, I love doing last-minute shopping on Christmas Eve. It used to be something I do with my grandparents. Terrible procrastinators did every year. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Of course, it wouldn't be DGMH without a bit of a twist of psych. So we have to, we had to have our psychology all-star, the Wawa Ice Queen, Sherry, Dr. Sherry Valencic. Sorry there, Dr. Sherry Valencic. How are you doing tonight, Sherry? I'm great. It could just be Sherry. I often feel that I should have just taken the Madonna route and just gone with Sherry. It would have saved a lot of time with ex-husbands and stuff like that to just go by the first name. So yeah, Sherry is good. It gives so much weight to the show. Plus, you're not shaking that Wawa Ice Queen logo. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I really like the Wawa Ice Queen. <laughs> so I will, I will have to tell you some very exciting news. I actually just sent Zach the text that uh, Wawa indeed is expanding and it is opening stores now in Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. So the entire corridor that I drive multiple times yearly now will just be laden <laughs> with uh, Wawa to uh, refill on my way. Very exciting. And a Bucky's, <laughs> which I still oh, need to go to. Get those down south. Yeah, yeah. I, so I don't know. Fun, fun. It's, well, that's it's good. Like You'll a be able sheet, to get your... right. The Wawas are like a sheet. Oh, oh yes, yes. Far superior. I don't know if it's far superior. I don't know if it's far superior. That might have thought Carter started a conflict. Sherry, what have you just done? You have well, unleashed you know, a great. Hey, war. whoever's willing to sponsor the show, we're yeah. we're yeah. We're yeah. Sheets or Wawa, we love you both. Um, <laughs> what, what's a sheet? 
Is that a gas station? Oh, what's what's the Sheets? Sheets is like uh, (laughs) it's a it's owned by a Pennsylvania family. It's a family franchise down all the way to about South Carolina, other parts of the. It's a a southwestern. Tennessee or uh, Pennsylvania thing. Yeah, it is. Yes, people in southwestern is. PA think Sheets is it, and there are some nice Sheets, but there are some Sheets went through a growing version. stage recently. Spelled with They're, a Z. Sheets. Yeah, yeah Sheets yeah, with a Z. Sheets, sheets is with fantastic. a Z. That's right. Sheets is wonderful. I used to get a breakfast sandwich Sheets every every night that I worked at the bar at like three or four o'clock. But they in the morning. don't. They don't have the ice. Oh, I, I just can't give a, them the nod. There, there you go. Sorry. Well, speaking of sponsorships, we don't have. Uh, sadly, we are not joined by our Yinzer with the Yingling. The Apple Pie Patriot uh, he came down with a little bug or something. Uh, so the man with a mouthful of Skittles succumbed to a migraine, and Shots regular guy Luke Franchuk could not join us tonight. But I am polishing off uh, a Yingling in his, his I'm not going to say honor, but name. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, but a couple, you know, you know of things uh, that we still need to talk about. First, let's talk uh, drinks. So what's everyone drinking tonight? Sherry, you want to start us off? You were the first in. Well, tis the season for the holiday elixir of the gods. Yeah. Great Lakes Brewing Company Christmas Ale, which is the reason why I drove <laughs> to Northern Virginia over Thanksgiving break, because my kid was grocery shopping up there and sent me a screenshot of all of these cases and cases of Christmas Ale. So the sleigh went up early and uh, I have a, a lovely case on, on on ice now, and it's delightful. And I wore my Great Lakes T-shirt to match. So oh, I'm so Merry jealous. Christmas my Day. my Christmas meal will Christmas not be <laughs> as uh, tasty as that, but it's pretty good. But I'll talk about that in a second. Cullen, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, staying with the holiday theme, I am drinking Sam Adams uh, Holiday White Ale, citrus oh. and hazy. So. Uh, yeah, no yingling tonight, but uh, I, I figured that would have... holiday ale. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I think my son, I stole this from him. He must have kept it in the fridge thinking his dad wouldn't pilfer his beer, but he was wrong. And uh, oh, here it is. That's a sign of a good parent-son, uh, father-son relationship. Yeah, you know, you pilfer, family sharing you no longer holidays. Hide you switch who pilfers giving. your shit. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And Kelly, what are you drinking tonight? Um, well, I thought it might be our last podcast of the year so i got a little three finger jack in there. oh right <laughs> old three finger jack is back oh i'm so excited so so it's excited to have a ball three finger jack yes kelly's like got gang signs go three finger jack <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a j like this but with the three fingers oh, oh yeah i don't even yeah, know how to do it i don't know she'll have to do it and <laughs> <laughs> you might listen we can't do <laughs> we hope we hope and i can't bravo maybe bravo. i should post the video to the highest level patreon just for that moment right <laughs> I, I really hope luke is having a damn good time yes yeah we hope luke is Here's having a good, a good time yes Cheers, in luke. his migraine we certainly believe mm-hmm. his migraine his migraine yeah, it's banging away at him i, I mean, bet yeah, it's, it's just, just riding him really hard you know just Jeez. yeah <laughs> So here's here's oh, some that he gets better after that migraine. Yeah. But uh, well, hey, I do have to do a. Oh, I didn't say what I'm drinking tonight. Though I'll be drinking. Yeah, what are you drinking? Uh, Bell's out of uh, Comstock, Michigan. I'll be drinking a Bell's Christmas Ale. It's a Scotch ale, delightful uh, Christmas ale. It's not as good as Great Lakes Christmas, if you ask me. But uh, you know, no little elf. Nobody brought no, that to uh, no. me yet. <laughs> 
So uh, the 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 elf brought you a beaver coffee. I love cup, it. However, I love it. I have that bottle opener on my my wine uh, rack. Another, I get buckets and, and the like cup says, The cup says it's a beaver. It's, oh, the, oh, I drink out of it at school. It's a beaver. Uh, but hey, we have to give a few Patreon shout outs. Uh, some from the hurricane days, some for more recently. Uh, but shout out to a few of our new Patreons. Bethany Ayers Fisher, Caitlin Vander. I hope it's Booze. Booze. B-U-H-S. Dutch. Uh, Dutch. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. So, uh, you know, she's been asking lots of questions that Cullen and I are going to answer. She actually just sent me one and it uh, came through just after pregame ended. Uh, so we'll answer those on our next China chat that Cullen and I have for sure. Uh, Mary Horner and Chris Ann Haley, uh, thank you for supporting the show on Patreon. Of course, thank you to all our other patrons of the arts. Uh, we very much appreciate your support and I uh, hope you enjoy the Patreon content, which we will get to later. But let's go ahead and uh, get to the main show. So what are we doing tonight? As Luke always says, in fact, it's kind of like he's here. Uh, Sherry's giving that face like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing tonight. Uh, that's, that's, but anyway, as Luke always says, it's my show. I can do whatever the hell I want. Uh, so I decided to say fuck it in a truly season three fashion. Uh, while I truly do respect Cheever's choice for our tiebreakers, I decided to dump Louis Fourteenth and Catherine the Great from this battle and just hash out all the badassery, incest, and folly of the season three great minds. Teddy and his badass stick, Philip and his chincest, Christina of Sweden, and the two shits she never gave, and finally Nappy Three and whatever the fuck he did. Uh, hopefully, you know, Kelly came up to me and says, you need to tell me who the other one was. I don't remember Philip the second. And I was like, uh, he's this <laughs> Neither. Oh my gosh! Yes, nobody remembers. I have no idea. It's like I don't even remember being part of the podcast. How can you forget all the? I asked who Napoleon was. Oh, that's right, Napoleon the Third. Yes, Sherry asked who Philip the Second was. I had to go and I listened to half of the Philip podcasting, and I don't even remember recording it. She she says to me, "Did we record a psych on it?" I'm like, "We record a psych on everyone. Every single episode gets a psych." But you don't like you don't like monarchs, right? I mean, I have erased it from my long term memory. Wait. Longer there. All right. Well, let's get to it. The season three battle royale likely to be a shit so shit so oh shit show worthy of this season. But first, and God knows, not that Sherry offered, but nobody else will be singing the song tonight because Luke. If you listen to Luke's birthday special, he's like, "It's history for me and you, and drinks for me and you, and something like that." I was like, "No, we're done." So, but first, it's some history for you. A reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. So here we go. I figured we'd start just by sharing, and this might go kind of questionable, who our favorite great mind of season three was. Of the four, Nappy Three, that's Napoleon III, Emperor of the Second French Empire, Philip II, King of Spain, all right, uh, Christina of Sweden, and Theodore Roosevelt. Who was the one that stood out to you or you, you know, enjoyed or at least remembered the most? As it was a little far flung of a season, you know, we had a lot of interruptions this season, uh, the hurricane, your vacations, all kinds of shit. Uh, so, Kelly, you want to start us off? Um, definitely Teddy Roosevelt. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Teddy. And then when you decided to do him, I was super, super excited. But I also learned a lot more, I think, about his personal life and his relationships with Alice. Yeah, I agree. Alice is. Hey, Alice yeah, is I think my, just my admiration for him grew. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. Cullen? Um, I also would say Teddy. Teddy was uh, probably one of the better uh, great minds I think we profiled mm. in almost all the seasons. Mm -hmm. It was amazing uh, the way you delved into all of, not not just his during his presidency, but also what came after with the whole Bull Moose mm. 
attempt to return, you know, in disgrace. Yeah, you know, there's a motif of season three. It's it's the rise and fall, and we mm -hmm. keep seeing that in a lot of the guys you've been picking uh, and girls, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Teddy was was my favorite choice. Jerry, what what is that? I, and girls, I guess, comment. Well, he, he kind of—I think he forgot about. Christmas. Well, there's only one girl, Sherry. Uh, girls, Christina. I guess, and girls, I, mean, I guess. To be honest, it's not an equal representation. Hey, now back three, off! Three You're going to get me crucified. Girl. The only uh, reason it wasn't equal... I mean, a point of order: Cleopatra was supposed <laughs> to be on this docket, and she got shorted. She got so, transitioned out of I the season. Of the next season. She got tabled. She got tabled. Yeah, you like got temporarily yeah, tabled. So women got shorted on this season. Now, I'll just I go got shorted. It. This uh, season uh, has uh, been a ramrod up the place the sun doesn't shine for me. It's been hellacious to get through this season and not lose my mind. And Cleopatra took you one for the team. You did almost lose your sanity. That oh, true. but you know what? Well, Sherry, who were you going to say? Well, just just for the reason that Colin interjected here, so I'm going to go with Christina of Sweden. So first of all, I must give a disclaimer that I remember nothing about Philip II. So this is incredibly biased because 25% of the material I have no knowledge of, but I think that in itself says how insignificant I think he was. I didn't find Napoleon. I thought Napoleon III was interesting. I mean, I really didn't even know there were any other Napoleons except the Napoleon. So that was an interesting history lesson for me. Um, you know, the Teddy Roosevelt thing, and I, I agree. I, I greatly admire Roosevelt because of his conservation mindset, which I think was before his time. Anyways, for that reason, I'm going to just go with Christina Sweden because I, I don't like monarchs, but I loved her story and I, I really enjoyed doing that podcast. And so, you know, always wanting to support strong females who were pioneers of their era, wherever it was, even though she was a monarch and it was a different system, I'm going to go with Christina. And I'm going to agree with you. Uh, as much as I love Teddy, and it was fun to do Teddy. I like learning Teddy. I love diving into Alice. Um, certainly, I, 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 I agree with you, Sherry. I get very torn on that topic. Um, you know, Christina was probably the most fun one. To, she never got bored for me. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking like, well, maybe I should say Philip just to say Philip. And then I remember what I said about Philip is I got bored by the end of researching Philip. I didn't want to talk about Philip II anymore. And I love teaching. Why, why did you pick him? Rise and fall. Oh. He rose. He was the height of the Spanish Empire and the decline of the Spanish Empire. Um, and uh, even though Americans don't like to acknowledge it, the Spanish Empire was the largest empire in the world for 400 plus years. So it is a pretty big portion of history, and it's in every U.S. history textbook. Um, but uh, Philip II, of the Spanish Armada, there's so many fun things in there. It's just like I just got it, it just when someone is the only reason, the reason for their own fall so hard, so much, so frequently, you just get sick of it. But Christina, oh my God, I tell you, I had a spiritual moment when I went to her. Uh, tomb in St. Peter's. That was something that I just stood there and I just looked at it. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like, she's just so amazing. She just literally had no shits to give about anything anybody said. Um, I got to teach her a little bit this year. A lot of eyebrows raised about the things that I had to say. Nothing too crazy, but uh, it was interesting to know all I know about her now and bring her. I normally, she's normally a footnote in the 30 years war. Um, what, but then when one kid asked, well, what's the young king who inherited the throne after after Gustavus died? It was like young king, young king. Oh, buckle up, kiddos. Here we go. It was not. A young I'm gonna tell you who oh, she boy. was. So, um, I'm gonna go with Christina because I, I just found her story so so absolutely fascinating, and I think that she just did whatever she wanted, and that's one thing actually great minds don't get to do.
so often, more often than not, is do exactly what they want. Normally, they have a lot, even though they are the biggest agents in their state, the most one, the greatest actors, they have so much political structure, social structure in their way that just hinders the things they want to do. And I think that, like, I look at Queen Elizabeth and we just reflected on her. And she didn't have a lot of agency, even though we like to think she did. She had a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of, um, tradition and such in her way i think I, I i think so it's interesting to think of these we think of these great minds as these great actors but they are i mean sometimes so limited look at charles the first of england louis the 16th they did not have the best store ends you know they had the the biggest fall you can have the loss of one's head mm -hmm. so i don't know <clears throat> um, just to add more i i'm glad you brought her into it because if you were to ask who did that I learned the most about it would obviously be her. I never, never even heard of her yep. before your podcast, yep. and it, it kind of blew my mind that it was like, how do I not know about this badass woman that was almost shoved to the side in history? Yeah. Well, she didn't really uh, do the historical text, yeah. even though she did so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she didn't like drive wars or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I mean, she did. She actually was a huge force in the Thirty Years' War. For me, every moment of Christina's research was learning. Other than who she, where she was from, that was the cool thing for me. Every other I mean, person how, I knew but, about. But, but how would you know about Christine of Sweden? Exactly. I mean, how, I mean, how how would you know about that? I mean, yeah. nowhere do we allow students to elect their history courses anymore. They're all pretty much prescribed. Um, electives are going by the wayside. But I mean, I wouldn't even know if that's typical high school fair for most people. So, well, I mean, where where would you learn about? I was a history major and I was never introduced to her at yeah. all. And that's yeah. why I was like, whoa, who is this person? Yeah, and maybe Gustavus. So it's, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like where did, granted, I know my focus was on American history and my degree, but I still had that general, you know, world history. And my focus history. was early modern European history and I never heard the name Christina of Sweden. And I, except for one line in my textbook, which I'm evil when I make my students read. So, Colin, did you have another thought you wanted to add? Well, in, with her, I didn't know until your show that she had played a big part in the uh, Treaty of Westphalia, mm -hmm. which is yes. the yeah. key meeting of, mm -hmm. the you know, uh, religious tolerance that uh, Europe puts aside. Yeah. It's 30 years war gripes and everybody lives in let live, you know, Protestant, Catholic, yeah. et cetera huge well, you know that's a big turning point one thing i said was to give christina a shout out in my class i said let me put it like this the men wanted to keep playing around and finally a woman showed up and said it's time to end this thing and it, it did and sweden wanted enough. to keep yeah. fighting uh now don't get me wrong she benefited more so than anyone else from the sack of Prague. uh her art collection was the sack of Prague. uh so <laughs> that was that was a a mildly questionable moment not on her part specifically but that brutal sack it's, it's interesting the place where the Protestant revolution, in a way, the, the defenestration of Prague starts there, the war starts there. And in the end, the very people who were fighting for Protestant liberties were sacking Prague uh, at the very end of the war, the last months of the war. So it's quite interesting. I'm enjoying digging into the Thirty Years' War more. But, well, that's that's great. I think that's a great place to start a refresher uh, as we move into kind of the themes of our, uh, our great minds of the season. So uh, as a quick reminder, Teddy, Philip, Christina, and Nappy Three, Napoleon the Third. Let's start with what the season started with: badassery. Who was the biggest badass of season three? Kelly started us off last time. Jerry, do you want to start us off this time? Well, I can tell you, it wasn't Philip the <laughs> Second. 
No, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that, I think you could give a nod to both Teddy and Christina um, in that arena. I don't want to be, you know, egocentric and say that it's, it's Teddy Roosevelt, but I, I, again, always want to give the nod to those females and those historic eras because it was just, you know, it, it was not typical for them to wield power and for her to come in and do things that were different, um, you know, not only Treaty of Westphalia, but, um, you know, she, she was a spender. She brought a little bit of, of nicety to um, her country. She was a patron of the arts, um, but also showed that a woman was capable of ruling um, strongly, having her own opinions, even when they were popular. And I just, that wasn't a woman's place. Um, yeah. You know, what role models did she have to do that? So, well, not her um, mother, not her mother at all. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that that's kind of just where my thinking is on it without, you know, again, without being a historian and mm -hmm. with, with my knowledge of her only coming from what I found out through the podcast and a little bit afterwards. So, And I mean, anyways, the podcast is flawless, but aside from that, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, there's so much badassery with Christina. I mean, she has likely has a lesbian lover. She likely has an affair with a Catholic cardinal. She tells the Pope, hey, get the fuck over it. We're not treating Jews poorly in Rome anymore. And they come hang out with my house with all the whores of Rome too. Cause I don't give a shit. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, I, I just, there's so much badassery, but it's such, it's, it's more like indirect badassery, which I think is why it's hard to not give the nod to, to Teddy. But I also want to give a nod to nappy three. I mean, the guy was in prison, decided to write nappy three. He is a, a anybody who studied the Bonapartes and the fall of Napoleon Bonaparte. It is, truly badass that another Bonaparte could get himself elected president and then become emperor. There is something, but he's not the most badass. I'm probably going to have to lean towards uh, Christina again, as much as I want to say Teddy, because he's the badass, most badass American president. I think that for a reason Sherry brings up often is there's so much more standing in Christina's way. And she said, fine, I'm just going to go around the wall. I'm just going to build a door. I'm going to abdicate for my throne. And that's badass. That is very badass. Colin, what do you think? You just took a lot of my thunder. I was going to mention her, uh, you know, the whole sexuality thing with Ebbs Barr and how she had a confidant life partner that was a female. That would have been unheard of, even in today's world with scandals and politics. Punishable by death. I mean, right, right. In a, in a super Christian, you know, era. And then she didn't blindly hate Catholics like a lot of Protestants would have uh, done. She showed tolerance, which, again, puts her miles ahead of so many monarchs in a man's world. We were talking about what what idols she had. Uh, one of her, uh, I remember from the show, you mentioned Elizabeth I was one of her uh, people she looked up to, a woman mm -hmm. who was not married, but, you know, basically was her own woman that would yeah. do, you know, and, and make decisions in a man's world and not be bossed around. Right. The, the, the I guess there was a lot of pressure put on her to produce an heir. Get and, married. Uh, yeah. Get married. And Charles Gustav, I think you mentioned, yep. that was her cousin, right? Yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, we always say with, with when we talk about what made, you know, George Washington the all-time great for this show, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the laying down of power, stepping mm -hmm. down. And that's, you, you mentioned it, she abdicated. Who gives up power willingly? Yep. Very enlightened individuals. So Absolutely. Yeah. Kelly? I, I agree with all of you. Um, I mean, Teddy is more the obvious choice just because he is, I mean, he's the most badass president we've ever had. But, I mean, 
even I'm, I don't want to butcher his quote, but he, when he was talking about his daughter, Alice, I brought her up earlier and he's like, well, I can either run the White House or I can manage Alice. Yeah. And I think if Christina was in his life, he'd be <laughs> like, nope, I got nothing. <laughs> I think he would run circles around him yeah. and like like every reason that you all just gave. But for me, it was just like the religious tolerance and the fact that she's like, you know what, this is how it's going to be and we're going to mm-hmm. accept people. And she was so ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. And I... I wish that we would have, we could have gotten her now. Because I, that's what I'm saying. She could have been queen now, and I think she would have fit right in. That's what I love about her. Yeah. Uh, you know, Napoleon III had that great line, like, um, you either lead at the front of change or it drags you kicking and screaming. And that's a bastardized paraphrasing there. But Christina was always the forefront of change that people weren't even thinking of. And I think that she could, mm-hmm. I think she could be in today's society and she wouldn't bat an eyelash at anybody. She'd be like, oh, fun. That why not? Come on. I think Kelly brings up a great a great thought though. What if they all lived in the same time frame? Ooh. What if they all were rulers in their territories and countries at the same time? Who who would outlast? Who would be the survivor? I mean, it's interesting to think about. Oh, that is. I think Christina. I think she's cunning and I think she's she's with it. What if all of them? What if all of the great minds? Teddy Teddy would have pissed off everybody. That's just the end. Teddy just just would have pissed off His big stick would have just been wilding around. They they would have. And technically, I will say this, technically, uh, Theodore Roosevelt and Napoleon III did live in the same time. They just had, Teddy Roosevelt was very young uh, during that time. But I mean, Teddy Roosevelt But what if they all ruled at the same time? Yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, even something like, thinking about Washington and his, what we know about his personal demeanor. Now we know it because he has been well written about and well researched, but you know, I always think that he would have just thrown up his arms and gone back to his farm because that's what he really loved doing. Um, You know, so I don't even think he would have been a contender, but who would have been the person who would have been the person to contend with that they all ruled at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to think about. It is. It is. I don't know the answer to that one. Might have to come back to that. I don't, I mean, I would Stalin a... have just wiped out everybody and that's it? He would have won or, you know. The who, ultimate who supreme the battle royale. That's yeah. something to think about, though, is if we ever have an ultimate supreme battle royale, bringing them all into the same exact moment and they're all ruling at the same time. They ruled over such different periods, though. That's what makes them, I guess, unique. It's hard for me to separate yeah. the two. I don't know. Or even when you talk about footprint, if we brought them all to December 2022, mm-hmm. who would be the leader that the world would need or want. Ooh. Well, yeah, I was going to say need or want wow. would be the question. That's a good question. Yeah. Need. Ooh, want. Ooh. Yeah, need and want, I think, are two different. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is where Luke would have had a real zinger to say, but <laughs> he's not here. I don't know. I don't know, Sherry. Does And that follows my point, too, uh, I was going to make, is does, does the monarch or the leader make the times or do the times make that person? I think that right? depends on the you monarch. Know? You know yeah, what I mean? I well, and, and it depends with each one of these, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think, you know, Philip II existed during New Spain when, you know, riches were pouring out of, mm-hmm. out of the new world, no matter who he was in pissed the them all there. away. Yeah, yeah, he pissed them away. But, you know, was his greatness because of the times he lived in? Not necessarily Philip. Sure, sure. Would he have been great? Decisions. Ah, so I understand. So that's how yeah. he answered the question By, based on the merits they had in the times that they lived in, how would those merits have stacked up in the present day? And I don't think that, I think Napoleon III has the craftiness of a politician that is necessary to survive in the present day. Theodore Roosevelt 
has the brazenness that doesn't help you last in the present day. And Christina would just do whatever the fuck she wanted, whatever yeah, age. Brazen. Yeah. <laughs> and and which is the most powerful or the most important? But of, the- of the four, yeah, of the four, which one does that apply the most to, right? What? Like, which of the four of them defined the era in which they lived? Oh, geez. Right. Well, I can't give Christina much of a nod there. I don't think Christina really defined her. I think Christina was amazing. She did things that that are modern today's. But I don't think she defined her. But agreed. But yeah, I don't think it defined our era. I I think it was not far-reaching enough. Right. I think was Europe. Europe maybe wasn't ready for that. You know, Philip really defined his area of Spain and the New World, making it staunchly Catholic. Probably Teddy. I think with the Progressive Era, I think Teddy drove his era in a new direction more so than any other player. I agree because it's also in the cusp of imperialism because he's also expanding the empire and he's, you know, getting involved in all, all over the globe. Yeah, no, I and totally he's exposed, agree. He's expanding federalism, right? Mm-hmm. Before this, you know, it was Lincoln's, uh, Lincoln really transformed it into a federal top-down mm-hmm. structure, but but really Teddy takes it and makes, you know, all kinds of Perfect. federal departments, you know, and wields power. He makes more presidential decree what is it the president executive mm-hmm. uh decisions or what is it yeah. the executive orders than any other president prior right and that's always seen as tyranny you know he was labeled oh. king teddy in the political cartoon world um i can show you dozens of cartoons of him dressed as a king and a tyrant and that was how people saw him and later his relative his you know not so close relative uh franklin roosevelt uh that's that's definitely interesting i don't know well Moving on to the next question I had, if we don't mind, um, you, you know, I wanted to ask a question about who was the biggest risk taker, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to ask that question separately from the next one. So I think if you have a comment on on risk taking, I mean, do you have a comment? Who was the biggest risk taker? I don't. I, the more I see that question, I feel like we're talking about it a lot already, you know. And I feel like we've just talked about the risk they took. Yeah. But do you think the kind of person Christina was? Do you think she thought of herself as a risk taker, or was she just the person who she was? Oh, did she just exist? Is that what you're saying? She just existed. Oh, I'm just saying that you know. The, I I think she just had that strong willpower to yeah. just. She do didn't what see she it as risky. Was right. Yeah. She yeah, didn't see it as risky. Kind of she just did it. Risk. Yeah. Sure, you're, this is a good question. Uh, with with Christina, um, this this was brought up during our shots, and you weren't there for it, but I, I thought I'd mention it. Um, Zach, you might remember when when Christina was born, her mother said, "Take this monster away." Yes, from yes, me. yes. She wasn't seen as beautiful, and totally rejected her daughter as ugly. And when you know what I mean, like yeah. just her influence and, and, over the child over Christina had to be stifled. And I'm sure you could possible. speak to when a, when a child is rebuked by their parents, you know, and basically, you know, what does that do traumatically to a person? Oh yeah. Um, one reason that Christina was so different and so, you know, unabashed maybe is because yeah. she grew up in this horror, horrible family sure. life. Sure. You know, with that, I totally agree. Would that would that affect like the reason why she wasn't afraid to ruffle feathers? Yeah, it probably mean, made her more resilient. You know, I mean, it probably made yeah, her more that like, that kind of line either makes you or breaks you. Take yeah. this monster away from me. <laughs> like, yeah, and I mean, her conversion. We're talking about risk. Her conversion to Catholicism alone could have cost her her entire pension and livelihood and her abdication, her post post abdication life. You know, 
I mean, she was. I mean, I, I think that, that I came to hate that question because I think Christina really was the big risk taker. I don't know. Cherry, do you have a comment on that? Can you repeat the question, please? Uh, so her, he was when, just asking when... about how bad parenting affects childhood, basically. Oh, neglective, I, well, neglective parenting. A... Neglective. Yeah. When a child is rebuked by the mother, like like Christina was, you know, like the the, the, the whole idea uh, that she. According she to Sigmund like a man and yeah, good. Sorry. According, according to Sigmund Freud, everything that happens in your childhood affects you into adulthood. I mean, that is a basic tenet of what his theories were about. But even disregarding Freud, because a lot of people don't believe in the type of ideas that he came up with because they were so far-fetched for his era. But, you know, even when you look at developmental psychology, I mean, we know that when we look, for example, at people who are criminals and go into their case history, almost all of them have some kind of trauma that happened to them in childhood. And in many cases, when it comes to sexual abuse and other, you know, crimes that are related to antisocial personality disorder where people are hurting or killing each other. Oftentimes, if you go into case studies of these people, there are a lot of issues with moms and dads. I mean, and that's why the, you know, that's why those are common storylines in fiction. But I, I think there's a lot of truth to it. And I think if, if we all reflect inward, if our listeners reflect inward, everybody has those childhood scars and somewhere or the other that was caused by a parent, whether it was intentional or just something that was perceived. So, you know, absolutely. I think that that likely um, affected her, but little caveat here. I mean, was a parent child relationship the same then no. as yeah. what we understand now. Mm. So that, yeah, that's yeah. something I don't and Her aunt was more her de facto mother, yep. if yep. I recall. Yeah. And her father loved her dearly, you know. Uh so mm-hmm. it wasn't like she he she probably had actually less absent parenting while well, he was always off at war leading cavalry <laughs> charges until he died leading a cavalry <laughs> charge. But you, you know, uh yeah, I don't know that's interesting. I don't know. Well hmm. if it's okay with you, let's lighten it up for a second. Uh who would win in a fight? Christina. I'm going to say Teddy. <laughs> I think she's scrappy. I I'm sure she was is. scrappy. I mean, and she's Swedish. I mean, Teddy's got a big stick. Teddy does have a big stick. I think Christina does too. She did not speak softly. She just carried a big stick. She whacked people with it. Yeah, you're right. Teddy, I don't know. Colin, what do you think? I would say Teddy, this the military training, yeah, riders, you know. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of military training. I mean, I want to give Nat, Nappy Three was never really a big fighter. Sherry, you said Teddy. Yeah, I think I, I just with the big stick. I mean, the big, the big, you big stick in the great and you can wield it. Can have a lot of power with that. Yes. Yes. No, I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna make a comment about about our about uh, Teddy's big our, stick. Our, no, our missing partner. Oh yeah, well, you know. Oh jeez. Oh god. No, no, no. Oh Oh, my, we miss you, buddy. Uh, Whether or not he's a rough rider or not. uh, (laughs) Luke might leave the show once and for all, everyone. That might be his new nickname, the rough rider. Luke, you should have probably attend next time. You should have attended. He's he's taking San Juan Hill right now. (laughs) Oh Jesus. Um, all right, so it sounds like Teddy's winning a fight, but there's a nod to Christina, uh, which tends to be the, the trend for tonight. But I figured we'd head over to Patreon land for a quick final last call chat of season three on a simple question. As you know, it is my show. I do what I want. I drive the content, aside from the birthday month. Uh, but what if you all had a choice? 
Who would you have picked for the perfect fit in this showcase of Rise and Fall? Listeners, just follow the link in the show notes to get access to this exclusive Last Call episode and so, 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 so much more Patreon content. Leave a, a preview, but we'll see what the uh, the listeners get as I edit this through, whether it's uh, <laughs> Sherry's last comment or something. something Not else. Shady Dickness? Shady, Shady, Dickness. Shady Dickness nearly. It's a dick in a box. It's a dick in a box. Oh, my God. Okay. Now well, that is as usual, SNL. Patreon got away from us. Um, I don't know who's to blame this time, but... You asked the question. I asked the question. Why is you're to blame? question. And then Sh- Shady Dick here got us frozen on the screen. And Sh- Sherry came back and said, I have a great answer. And starts talking about Jeffrey fucking Epstein. <laughs> Yeah, rough riders, actually, and that was all my fault. Okay, it's my fault. Yeah, whatever. So, listeners, if you desperately want to know what the fuck we were talking about, or just <laughs> I don't know why, if you if that's what intrigues you, welcome to Patreon land, everybody. Uh, but just follow the link in the show notes to get access to that um, fun little last call chat. We talked about a bunch of people that we would have incorporated into this season, even myself included. Uh, so we did fight. Who's the biggest piece of shit from season three? Biggest piece of shit. You know, I mean, this was a. This was a season of warmongers, you, you know, each in their own right, from the Philippines to the English Channel to the Thirty Years' War to crowning a king of Germany in the Hall of Mirrors in Versailles. The, the best and worst of wars that I could think of. I'm not a military guy, but, you know, who was the biggest piece of shit here? Cullen? I'll go first here. Um, I would say Philip II, and for no other reason than sending or sicking the conquistadors on the New World. Mm-hmm. And all of that baggage that is entailed with that, mm-hmm. you know, the the amount of atrocities that were committed in Central and South America, yep. the Comienda well, systems that were set up. Yes. The well, and those of- are dying away by him. But the Hacienda, what's worse is he just Haciendas. fully rules out the Hacienda, the Mita, the silver mining. And, and you're so yeah. right. I always say uh, Ferdinand, Isabella and Charles conquered the New World. But Philip made it the terrible shithole that it Philip was. exploits it. <laughs> yeah. And then he, yeah, with the Mita system and then, you know, basically works those people in mines to death, you know. Mercury just... poisoning was common. Absolutely. Right, right. So I, I don't know. I think the other three didn't do anything on, on that scale. No, you know. not that scale. Nod so. to Teddy with the Philippines, though. Uh, definitely nod yeah. to Teddy. Yeah. And there um, was there was a racial element to Teddy mm-hmm. that I learned about. Yes. And, you know, he... He said some controversial things that would get him looked at today. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Well, he's in the corner of the museum now and not in the front foyer. But I tell you, one one thing that really has gnawed at me for the last couple months is when I went to the uh, Museum of Natural History in New York City a few months ago, uh, and I sent Zach some texts from it, uh, the iconic statue that always was in the main hall of Teddy Roosevelt um, is now gone. Um, the displays that included Roosevelt's are barren. It's just empty windows. And they have a very small section in the corner of the museum that gives some credit to Roosevelt and the role that he played in founding the museum. And, you know, I I understand why. And, you know, in an era where we're being more thoughtful and trying to do better and and considering Mm -hmm. wrongs that were done in history, that just, that has bothered me for lots of different reasons. You know, not not wanting to to trivialize any any kind of 
contributions he made. But I tell you, it was very, very challenging for me because I went to that museum space in New York. And then a few weeks later, I was at Mount Rushmore. And, you know, that in itself, just looking at that vista, you, you view it in a different way. And we had that powerful conversation a, a year and a half ago or two years ago, however long it was about our patriotism and how we felt that the world events had really changed mm -hmm. the way in which we talk mm -hmm. about it or express it. And I tell you that that gave me a lot of pause for, for thought about all of that. Where, where do we put historic figures in place when we know that by current standards, they did things that were unethical or, or wrong? And, and what was their mindset? Did they really know it was wrong? Did they understand that? I mean, I, I think historians, you know, give it their best shot to put a perspective on that, but nobody puts Teddy in the corner. There's, oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, uh, what's that? Wow. Um, Did they? Oh, what's that from 30, 30 dancing reference? Yeah. <laughs> I love the movie. Um, um, I would agree with Colin, like horrible, horrible, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say um, Napoleon the third because I felt like he was kind of a backstabber, like his whole campaign to become so-called president oh, yeah. uh, was to appease to the peasants and to the lower classes. And I felt like he stabbed them in the back and it was just like, I'll give yeah. you equality. I'll give you all this. Yeah. And then as soon as he got power, he stole it. And he's like, yeah. screw y'all, you get yeah. nothing. And yeah. so two day taws are never a good thing. Uh, yeah. Shit, man. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's true. That's a good point. Sherry, who's your piece of shit? Wasn't Philip II, like, wasn't there a whole bunch of incest in there somewhere? Oh, that's not fair. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you could say he's a piece of shit because he was a Habsburg. Um, well, yes, uh, that was the whole theme of the episode was incest, yes. And he seems to have gone through a succession of wives. Four wives, cousin, all cousin cousins, wives. One yeah. niece, so, and he tried I mean, to get I a fifth niece. That, in addition to the points that Cullen made, I mean, now he's got kind of two piece of shit strikes against him. So um, that, and I have no other knowledge of him other than that. So I think so I makes a piece of shit. I agree, not because of the incest, but be, or the creepiness or the, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah. Philip II was the warmonger of them all, I would say. He was a rampant expansionist trying to conquer England. His, his, religious hate for other faiths uh mm -hmm. his ex uh you know his starts of the expulsion or the, the his mistreatment of the, the marisco well yes it's at a bad bad deadly point during philip's reign and the treatment of the marisco population the that is to say the converted muslim population they will actually be expelled mm -hmm. i believe formally during his son his successor's reign but philip gets all that started there is a lot of religious oppression the way he treats the Dutch, basically, uh, oh, you right. know, instigating a rebellion, the and the fact that he, he, his, if not just for the quote alone, whenever he heard the news of the St. Bartholomew's Day massacre, in which at the end, upwards of 20 to 30 plus thousand French Protestants have been killed, he Huguenots, said, yeah. this is the best news I could have possibly received on this day. That's what he fucking said. All right. How wow. many? 20,000. Wow, could we have tried a little harder? And he instigated eight French wars of religion. You know, he he does. He sucks. He's he's a ruthless warmonger. And I'm giving it to Philip. He needs a nod in this conversation. Uh, so that's it. So I would have said any questions you wanted to ask, but we asked a lot of questions earlier. So let's talk footprint. Who had the who left behind the greatest historical footprint of these stomping, tramping great minds? 
I, I sadly, and I don't normally start off, but I sadly think that for the first time tonight, Christina gets last place. I, I, I mean, she didn't leave behind that big historical footprint. She's yeah. fucking awesome. She but is. she didn't get to leave that footprint behind. Um, Sherry, who do you think? Well, I'm going to say Teddy Roosevelt only because I, again, always admired his foresight to be a leader in helping conserve parts of our country that will last hopefully forever, far exceeding our lifetimes and other lifetimes. And so because of our national park system and a value to ensure precious, unique lands are not developed on, which will last however long the world lasts. Hopefully, that's why I'm going to say Teddy. And there's no rat shit in my morning sausage, uh, which is also a Teddy exclusive. Uh, not to diss up in Sinclair, but I, I, the struggle my students have with the progressive era is it takes a president willing to act and a person exposing the issue. But no matter who's exposing the issue, it still takes a president who's willing to act. Uh, issues are exposed every day that nobody acts on. But Teddy acted on that. Um, I... I'd probably lean towards um, Teddy or Philip. Um, I, I agree with Sherry's points for Teddy, conservationism, progressivism, his openness, if not stagnation towards civil rights, but in initial openness. I, I mean, being the first president to have uh, an African-American at the White House, not the first ever to dine at the White House, I believe, I'm sorry, was uh, with Booker T. Washington. You know, there, there's something there, even though he certainly didn't act in favor of civil rights. I think he left behind a great footprint, but Philip also did too, just in so many bad ways. His failures of the Spanish Armada opened the seas for English, Dutch, and French exploration and settlement of the Americas. His uh, defeat of the Ottoman Empire at Lepanto uh, stopped Ottoman incursions into Western Europe once and for all. His staunch Catholicism will look at Mexico. I'm just going to look at Mexico. Uh, that, that is the, the legacy of, of Philip II in so, so, so many ways. But I wouldn't say Napoleon III or Christina, certainly. Cullen, who do you think? Oh, it's funny. I was going to go with Napoleon III. Oh, wow. Why? And, and the reason I would pick Napoleon III is in 1870, he made the wise decision to declare war on Prussia. Yeah, fucking idiot. Which then creates the Franco-Prussian War. And if you look at the proto oh, World War Two, World War One, proto World yeah. War One, World War Two, Cold War, Modern War, why is the world the way the world is today? It yep. is. It stems from the rival of Germany and France, just and that's kind of his fault. Other. Well, but, it's actually Richelieu's fault, but that's a lot his fault too. And yeah, but yeah, he really Napoleon creates the Franco-Prussian. Well, he declares war on Prussia, which ultimately leads. Now, granted, I think it was uh, after. Napoleon III is dead is when King Wilhelm is crowned at Versailles. Not dead. He's uh, alive for it. It's he's crowned. Is he alive? It, it was, he it was is uh, forced to abdicate. It happens by the defeat of the war. Okay. I mean, okay. if he's not alive, it's all it's all happening in the same few years. Yeah. So Bismarck crowns you know Wilhelm King, and, and that's the famous painting I always allude to with my yeah. students. But that was say. a defeat for the French Republic, not for Napoleon III. They had abandoned. Right, him. but it was a, a thumb in the French yeah. people's eye of like we're going to crown our king in mm -hmm. your palace, and you're going to take it. Well, and look you at know? Napoleon III. Something I didn't think about much is this is in terms of footprint and legacy, the last French monarch, the last French person to hold that kind of emperor or monarch title they never so went would, back again would you say that this germanic french 
hostility is because of Napoleon the Third. I think in the modern age, yeah. In the modern age, the reason that Versailles was done the way it was done, the way unconditional surrender, make Germany swallow the whole, mm -hmm. you know, blame no, no, of everything. I, I, I was, personally, I was thinking that the hostility started from the first Napoleon, not uh, it actually started all the way back in the Thirty Years' War when France annexed Alsace-Lorraine and got involved in German territories. Oh, since uh, Alsace-Lorraine at the beginning. Yes, that's the first annexation of Alsace-Lorraine. Back to that strip of land. And I know. It's so, it's like Palestine, or it's like, yeah. Yeah. So French involvement in the German states that that instigated it a little bit, but then when Germany becomes unified, I think we have to give a big nod to Napoleon III there because France becomes or Germany becomes unified during his time in office, basically. And while his, during his empire, that's when Germany rises. And that rivalry that exists through two world wars and that resentment that deal is so prominent in the treaties is so, so tied to Napoleon III's legacy. That's a point I think I might have, we, we discussed it in shots, right? I mean, I remember having that chat. I think we did. And I don't know, think I we just... went to this depth. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Kelly, is that who you say then? Are you swaying? No. Um, I wish I could say Christina for argument's sake because every other person has been chosen, but I would have to put my my hat towards Teddy uh, just because, yes, he did for America, but it also, it was, he took over in a state when America was just at its birthplace of expanding. And he is the one that put our tentacles, let's say, into Panama, he went into mm. Russia, Japan, uh, mm. the Philippines was a hot mess and awful, but he is at the cusp of that. Yeah. And I yeah. do have to put him as the footprint because he is, you know, yes, he was, I guess, vice president when it started, sure. but he was the one who implemented our policies. He was our big yeah. stick. Yeah, yeah, so, he was. This, you know, he was. He was a big bully. Became a world power, and we have been a world power since sure. his presidency. I agree. I like it. All good answers. Any final thoughts that we want to hash out there? All right, we've been on for a hot second, some of us since seven. So it's time to wrap this up. Uh, so it's time to vote. Who will win this season's Supreme Crown of Greatness? Theodore Roosevelt, King Philip II of Spain, Christina, Queen of Sweden, or Girl King of Sweden. And uh, Napoleon, uh, the third emperor of the Second French Empire. Those are four great minds. I will say this conversation took a lot, di several different turns than I thought it was going to. And it's made me rethink a lot of how I'm going to vote tonight. But does everybody have their answer in mind? Okay. I think so. Well, I'll give it a three, two, one point, and we will say it. Uh, so who's it going to be? Which great mind? Uh, let's see. Three, two, one. Christina. Who'd you guys say? Teddy. Teddy. Ah, damn it. As usual, I, lose. I fell. I guess I fell for the trap of Christina. All the conversations about Christina, I just fell in love with Reagan. Well, what, what did it for me was the footprint. I oh, said Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, you said Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three to one, Teddy Roosevelt. Tran transformed American society. Well, I, I guess Christina really no, didn't Christina do shit. Why did I pick Christina? Cherry tore me on my favorite episode when she brought up Christina. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did love Christina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I guess for I For me, picked... the, the footprint is what made the difference. Yeah. You know, she had a very narrow scope of influence for a short period of time. For me, that discussion on Teddy that we had, you know, not, not only my own yeah. understanding of our own country, but just 
how he influenced the Western Hemisphere and yeah. relations with the world. I mean, that just is and sometimes me. I think I know what you're going to say, and I just pick the uh, the answer that I want to say. <laughs> I think I enjoy losing on my own show. I don't. Know. You usually pick whoever we just covered. Yeah. Well, no, like we didn't just like, cover. I don't normally. No, pick, I oh, mean like oh. usually when you do shots, it's usually the newest person. Well, is who here's the for shots. Is, every time you lose, you should have to do a drink or something. something I do like anyway, but, <laughs> but that's kind of the thing. And I think I think the problem is. I've done like there's so much I haven't said yeah, about these do, people that you, I've you do read. More research than all these and articles. even still, I That's think they're true. so fresh in my mind. It's hard for me to even separate them, put them beneath someone else most of the time. But now, oh, Kelly I, and I didn't even remember one of the people. We yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you have it. It wasn't Philip II. It wasn't Nappy Three. It was Theodore Roosevelt with a quick nod to Christina of Sweden. Uh, but Theodore Roosevelt wins this season's supreme crown of greatness, putting him in a unique partnership with George Washington. Yeah, well, so on Rushmore. we've only done two seasons, three seasons, but Washington won two Supreme Crowns of Greatness, which is why we took him out of this season. Supreme Crown. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this who is did, season who three. Who did Washington beat in the other two uh, seasons? The first, oh, every, uh, I mean, Jefferson, uh, Churchill, all kinds of people. He, he just, he did it. He was welcomed back for season two as the winner of season one, Supreme Crown of Greatness. And then we said we wouldn't do that again. Well, then I kind of like that we just keep it within this season. I yes, agree. I agree. And as I'm moving to four great yeah. lines per season, I think we'll have to do that because there's just... Because um, maybe maybe for if we ever do like a... Like maybe when we get four, we bring back whoever the second place was their second season. A supreme, and supreme crown of greatness. I yeah. Like it. Yeah, because I can't come up with a better title for it. <laughs> well, that's it. If you enjoyed this round of drinks with great men's in history, then we hope you'll consider uh, leaving the show great. Hopefully, well, wait, we got to do shots, right? I know. I'm just doing the spiel. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. I thought you were telling us we're damn going. It, leave us Thanks. a great <laughs> review, damn it. Damn it, do it. And damn it, if you're all caught up on the show. Five stars if, only. Five stars only, yes. If you don't enjoy this show, don't leave us a bad star, bad review. Just don't fucking listen to it. Just It's free content. Like, I don't understand. Who leaves a bad review for something that's fucking right. free? And here come the bad fucking reviews. All right. Uh, so if you're all caught up and looking for even more DGMH, then we hope you consider supporting the show by joining the DGMH Patreon page. In Patreon land, you can get access to all sorts of bonus content, including our Moments series where Cullen and I cover uh, various historical moments currently on the Bourbon reforms, the colonization of Africa, and soon the Crusades. Plus, there's another moment with Mr. DGMH uh, where I meander through the Thirty Years' War. Of course, there's Cullen Chat's China. It says Cullen Chat's Chin, not China. Uh, but, <laughs> but I was typing very fast. Pete Chat's Portugal. What I'm teaching. Last call bonus episodes from a twist of Psych and Shots Heard Around the World. And pre-game content. I still feel like I'm missing something, but I don't know what the fuck it is. So I think that's everything on Patreon. And of course, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at DGMH History. And be sure to join the DGMH Facebook group uh, where all our antics will continue during the DGMH offseason. So what's everyone doing a shot of tonight? Sorry, I interrupted you. I thought you were done. <laughs> what? Oh, and I said we didn't have to do shots. I thought you like had done your spiel. No, we're doing a shot. It's a school oh. night. We're doing a shot. Oh, my. I better go. Get one Seriously. second. I gotta get one. Every <laughs> single episode we're together, we do a shot. I and know, how... but I thought, we, I thought we did the shot before you did your spiel. We do the... Sh I think I do the spiel... We do the shot before my goodbye spiel, mm -hmm. but not my my credits. It's been a while. It has. Why, did you do your shot already, Kelly? Oh, oh, so, oh, so Kelly's ready to go. 
Um, but in my in my bold news, oh, okay, I'm back. Okay. Uh, since since yeah. our buddy isn't here with his whiskey, honey whiskey, we oh, you doing American honey? No, I am. Doing no, I don't have oh, the only whiskey I have is Seagram Seven. So okay, so Colin's doing Seagram Seven. Kelly, what are you doing? Um, my uh, Jack Fire. Jack Fire in, in bowl a bull moose cup. Bull moose sherry. Uh, my favorite underrated salsa tequila. Salsa tequila. You're back in the tequila. I am doing tequila. because this is our last. Oh, Luke's not here. This is our last round uh, together before Christmas, before the holidays. I'm doing a Mr. Stacks peppermint schnapps, uh, which uh, which should be clear by sinuses for sure. Uh, so, uh, as we wrap up the season, I will say, see, this is the spiel we do after I say we introduce the show. <laughs> as we fuck this fucking season as we wrap up this season <laughs> i will say that it got better for me i, I regret say, typing that now but i think this this was honestly one of our better seasons in terms of content fun chats etc bonus content patreon content everything was great a great fun cast of characters the rise and fall theme the birthday season was one of our best yet and so much great content got put out there the only thing that seemed to be missing was uh, a multitude of beaver conversations, which was the, the highlight of season two. Uh, there just wasn't enough beavers. But thanks to all of our listeners, we, ha we have one more episode to wrap up the season. That'll just be me, though. Uh, then we'll be off for a few months as we move towards, hopefully, I can't imagine it could be worse, season, uh, a better season four. And of course, thank you to my DGMH family, Sherry, Cullen, Kelly. Thank you for coming on. And of course, Luke in the, the sidelines um, with his migraine. Uh, <laughs> Oh, he's working on the Panama uh, Canal right yeah, now. Yeah, he's What does that even mean? I mean, I know what you mean. Oh, my God. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you for always being uh, supportive, a soundy board, and for being wonderful contributors and great minds yourselves and uh, Luke. Uh, so raise a glass to another great season of DGMH. And uh, cheers, friends. Cheers, cheers. Oh, that's good. That's peppermint. <laughs> I'm gonna walk in. Jackie's like, did you have a mint? No, I had schnapps. What was it you had the other day? Jalapeno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalapeno. Sherry uh, probably got it for the birthday. Uh, oh, it was awful. Uh, jalapeno <laughs> veil, jalapeno vodka. Not did it even uh, taste like anything other than jalapeno? It was good. No, I liked it. Like a, it tasted like a straight pepper. It, it was fine. It was awful. Mine is still in my freezer. Oh my yeah. gosh! Cheers. Uh,